Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, we acknowledge your presence in this service. It is all unto you. And I help us to understand what you are saying by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus today in our lives. Let destinies be built like never before. Let us make uh, the kind of progress we've never made in our lives the, the next six months of our lives. Let it be visible. Let it be clear in Jesus' mighty name. Are you putting your hands together this morning? If you are happy to be alive. Amen. Come on, uh, say I have a great destiny. I have a great future. We are here building lives, building destinies. And yours will not be an exemption in Jesus' name. Um, I, I want to strongly encourage that we um, get the tapes or CDs. They are not tapes anymore, isn't it? Uh, the CDs and, um, and relieve those things that we're sharing now. They are lifelong um, teachings that I believe will build us. As I said in the first service, don't just be marking time in the church. Let the transformation agenda <laughs> um, be reflective in your life. Because somewhere along the line, life will ask you questions. Life has a way of asking questions. Just like when uh, you get into university, they might not ask you questions the first year, the second year, or the third year. But somewhere around like the fourth year, people begin to ask, when are we celebrating your graduation? They just begin to ask you. Uh, and that's how it is. You, you come to church every Sunday. Thank God for your life. Uh, many of us come with our families. Awesome. But life will ask us after a while, okay, all the goings and goings, how far? Where has it brought you? And that's the reason why you must make it count. Amen. I, I can't hear your amen. amen. So you, you, my, my prayer is that they will not even need to ask you. It will show in your lives. They will need to ask you. They will see it so much that they want to join you to serve him. Glory to God. And I'd like you to be very attentive this morning. Okay, we had an awesome time in the first service. Jeremiah 29, 11. I feel like coming down. I don't know. Is that okay? Are you okay with it? Because sometimes people at the back can't see very well. Is it okay? People at the back? You're not okay about it? Eh? Eh? So you can't talk very well. <laughs> Okay, help me please. Let me just go down. Jeremiah 29, 11. Media, be smart. Um, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of what? Thoughts of what? Peace. And not of to give you an expected end. So God's thinking about our destinies are peaceful thoughts and not evil thoughts. So we, we need to clear that in our minds. That when we say destiny, because I, I, I grew up with fear. Uh, my parents... There's this, you know, from our, where I come from, there's this fear of evil. And somehow, they, they, they even believe that when evil happens to people, it is God that allowed it. They say that's how God wrote it. Now, this verse clarifies that, that whatever happens to you, 
uh, you have to be able to differentiate what is Satan at work doing or what is God doing. But God is saying, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Now in verse 12, verse 12, you now say, well, this destiny, you don't just sit down. He said, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And in verse 13, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So destiny demand a personal responsibility. So you shall seek me and then you will find that destiny. You will, you will walk in it when you search for me with all your heart. So when you are not searching or seeking him, the tendency is for those things to slip away. And then you find that Satan begins to influence. So there's a relationship with God that makes it work. And then we also said that, uh, okay, that's on, uh, on, uh, on Wednesday, that it, we have an inheritance in Christ. And we try to make it a bit, um, uh, you know, basic that if, uh, can you please stand? Okay. Um, you, you have, your dad is still alive, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, let's assume, your dad, how old is your dad now? Sorry. 65, okay. Uh, when, when is he going to die? <laughs> I was just pulling a leg. Sorry, I wanted to wake up. <laughs> he will live longer, amen. But let's assume his dad builds a house, like a 10-story building, and um, he passes it on to him. Now, he could have built that 10-story building for like 10 years, you understand that, taking it step by step. But when he gets it, he doesn't need to start using it, you know, um, waiting for 10 years. He receives it, Immediately, okay? That's the power of inheritance. But the dad might have labored, might have squeezed his monies, might have stressed himself building that house, but he doesn't need to stress. He just enjoys it. That's the mystery of inheritance. He doesn't need to go and start laying blocks. The blocks had been laid. He just needs to receive it, okay? Now, whatever God has given us, we need to receive it. Now, our receiving now demands some violence because someone contends for the inheritance. If there was no Satan, I mean, we see in many families, somebody's supposed to receive a building and then uncle's car shows up. <laughs> you know Scar? How many of you have seen um, Lion King before? Uh -huh. You know Scar, right? You know Mufasa. Mufasa is the king, right? Who is the son of Mufasa? Simba is the son, right? Uh -huh. Now, whatever Mufasa <laughs> had given to Simbad, ugly scar, skinny scar, wants to contend with it. And um, if you don't fight scar away, he might be enjoying what belongs to you. That's why scripture says that um, the violent take it by force. So you find that somewhere along the line, Simba had to rise to the occasion and ward off Scar for part two. Amen. <laughs> okay, so, so we have to contend for our inheritance. For Somebody's wondering, <laughs> Scar, Mufasa, he's a lion king. Your kids will explain to you when you get home. Okay, so uh, whatever inheritance we have, we have to contend for it. But if it's yours, you fight for it. Now, that brings us to Revelation 5.12. Revelation 5.12. Um, now, we said that whatever Christ has received, it, it belongs to us. That's your principal inheritance. Now, this, this dimension is very important because many people are looking for things from 
um, from here in terms of what your parents will give to you, what an uncle will give to you. Now, it, most of the time, it doesn't work out that way, but there is nothing you are looking for that is not in Christ. So even if nobody gives you a building, nobody gives you anything, your inheritance in Christ is enough to make you. So um, we said if Jesus is the head, scripture says he's the head of the church. He now says that the church is the body. So whatever thing Christ has received, just like um, Grillo's dad worked for, labored for, he has passed it on to the church or his body. So anytime you see anything that Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world has received, and you are a Christian, it becomes a definition of your destiny. Because whatever belongs to the head, belongs to the body. Glory to God. So you look at Revelation 5.12, it says, Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was, and that's the price. He went through the cross. He fought Satan. He paid the price for my sins. Who was slain, now he has received what? Power. Somebody said, I have power. Uh, you have supernatural power, power above diabolical forces. We taught that a lot. Uh, and riches. Somebody say riches. Now these riches are not spiritual riches. They are physical riches. He paid the price for our poverty. That's why I know that this second half, the labor of your hands will yield fruits. Your business will yield profits. Your career will advance. Because of this part of your inheritance, there is an anointing on your life to get fruits. To get financial fruits. Because Jesus paid the price for poverty. Not everybody laboring gets fruits. Not everybody in Lagos earns. Though they go out every day. But by this spiritual inheritance. Whatever you are laboring in. Whatever kind of business. Is supposed to produce. His favor will help. His wisdom will help. Glory to God. Please you can sit down. So we have power. Riches. Wisdom. Some wise. Say, I'm wise. Can you say, foolishness is far from me? Foolishness is far from me. Wisdom and strength. Say, I'm not weak. I am stronger. And then honor. And then um, glory. Those are multifarious. Those are amazing things that if those forces are at work in a man's life, destiny is made. Satan hates this. So, like Scar, the enemy of the inheritance, does not want you to enjoy the blessing. Does not want you to look glorious. Does not want you to walk in honor. Does not want you to be strong. Does not want you to have riches. He wants you to look like you are powerless. You now contend for it that this is me now. I am part of the body of Christ. So, whatever belongs to Christ, belongs to me. Now, Luke 2, verse 52 we now begin to see the uh, manifestations of this destiny that we have. There is a process. There are steps we need to take. So we take an example from Luke 2.52. And Jesus did what? Increased. Somebody shout increase. Okay. And Jesus increased in wisdom. Wow. And stature and favor with God and man. Now, that is our main state today, that the capital ingredient for the working in this destiny is wisdom. Even Jesus grew in wisdom. That's why in Proverbs 24 
I think verse 3. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Proverbs 24, verse 3. So without wisdom, the destiny will not manifest. Solomon says, through wisdom is an house builded. Wow. Oh, they have given me this great destiny. I'm building it. He's saying your capital ingredient is the wisdom of God. Through wisdom is an house builded. And by understanding, which is a subset of wisdom, it is what? Established. Next, 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 next line of verse. And by knowledge, which is a subset of wisdom, shall the chambers be what? Filled with all. So, so the color, the manifestation of that destiny is a function of God's wisdom. Hmm. That means your greatest enemy is what? Through wisdom, it's a house builded. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, shall the chambers be filled with what? All precious and pleasant riches. Wow. That means if there is anything you should fear, it's not really, you know, you should fear foolishness. Nothing disfigures, nothing spoils, like acting foolishly or taking foolish steps. I now see why a lot of scriptures in Proverbs talk about wisdom and then talk about foolishness. And then you can't be a Christian and be doing foolish things. You can be spiritual and be foolish. I'm sure, I'm sure you've met people before like that. They pray a lot. They fast a lot. But they are foolish in the things they do. And you see that there will be no fruit. So, so you, you need to appreciate the, the, the place of wisdom in the building up of your life. If there's any crisis you are going through now, if you trace it back, it's one foolish thing you did. Believe me. That's why even says that if you are going to pray, cuckoo pray for wisdom. If there's any pain you are going through now, any pain is foolishness somewhere. So what, what, I, what I did yesterday when the Holy, on Friday, the Holy Ghost was just, I, I was studying on wisdom. He said, hold on. Go and look at this foolishness. <laughs> That's the main enemy. That's the main enemy. That's the main enemy. So I just uh, put on, on my search uh, on you version, foolishness. And then all kinds of scriptures now came out. I, said, ah. I saw a place where he says, uh, your, the way you talk shows whether you are wise or you are foolish. It's loaded in Proverbs. You will not be foolish. I said, I will not be foolish. Wow. You know, Paul said to the Galatians church, oh foolish. They are Galatians. They are Christians. But they are foolish. A fool says there is no God. So if there's anything you must fight against is foolishness. And grow is wisdom. May the Holy Spirit open your eyes to understand what I'm saying. Um, hmm. Proverbs 22 verse 15. So the capital ingredient for building destiny is wisdom. And then foolishness becomes the capital enemy. Now look at this. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But what delivers him? 
Aha. But the rod of correction shall do what? So one of the ways we purge ourselves of foolishness is what? Correction. I want you from this scripture to value correction. It's to deliver you from destiny mistakes. This is very strong. It's a foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far. Wow. That means correction is a blessing. Correction builds. So God is saying, I don't, I don't, I, I, there's no problem with you trying to take a wrong step. There's no problem with you making a mistake. There's no problem with you thinking what you are doing is right. But as long as the blessing of correction comes, hope you will embrace it. For that is what will drive foolishness away from you. In fact, if nobody is correcting you, they should fear you. You're living on danger list. That's why even marriage, you see, sometimes couples run into problems when one of the parties can be corrected, especially the man. There's some families where no man can talk to the husband. Pastor can't talk to him. Parents-in-law, parents can't talk to him. The family is in dungeon. So the man will be doing some things right. You understand? Making money. So everything looks peaceful in the family. But the day he now takes a wrong step or wants to do a wrong thing, and correction is coming to deliver from destruction. He rejects it. I've been corrected severally by my pastors. I've been corrected severally by my wife. I've been corrected severally by my children. I've been corrected multi, multi, severally by the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure I'll be standing before you without some hot corrections. It's bitter in the mouth, but sweet in the belly. Bitter in the mouth, but sweet in the belly. So, you find that people that seem to have great destinies, when you cannot talk to them, they don't, they don't make a headway. And in case you are here, you, you see correction as an affront. You see correction as trying to stop your life. Maybe you should change your mind. When God sees that you are heading in the direction of destruction, he sends correction your way to avert disaster. Correction is a blessing. We will not miss it in Jesus' name. This has to be there because there are many times that you are very sincere but sincerely wrong. And God sends people your way. Sometimes the package of the correction might not be the way you expect it. While the packaging might be paining you, I beg you, don't throw away the content. Don't just say, hey, this is the way he said it. Okay, fine. The way he said it is bad. While you are dealing with that, don't throw away the content. If not, you are headed towards crisis. Because sometimes the excuse that people give is, well, I wish he said it a different way. I wish they sat me down. I wish, I wish, I wish. No problem. Oh, apologies. But the content, the content, the content, the content, privately review it, privately tell yourself the truth, and you will find that destiny is being built. But to say because of the packaging of the correction is not okay, you now throw away everything they are saying, you are going to face the consequence of that thing. And one day, you will have to say, they told me. I wish I listened. But that would not be your own story. Let's look at some scriptures. Um, Proverbs 23, verse 13. Proverbs 23, verse 13. 
Withhold not correction from thee. For if thou beat him with the rod, he shall... That, I mean, that the rod of correction is not the wood. But you also agree that when they lay some correction on you, you feel pain. Hello? That's why I said it's bitter in the mouth, but sweet in the destiny. So he's not really talking about the rod that we use in Nigeria or Africa, which is okay. Just do it properly when you're beating your child. Don't abuse the child. But when you're beating your child, beat them in the place where God has invested meat. That's how God did that. Don't go and be using stick on their head and beat them where God has blessed them with meat. So that when, you know, it will go off. God has a plan for that. Amen. <laughs> we don't know correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. That means... There are moments in our lives when some things will come to us, it will be like you are going to die. Am I, am I making sense? For him to be using die there, that means there are times some corrections will come on your life. That, ah, It's almost like they are killing me. But he's saying you will not die. In fact, that's how you will live. There are moments. I, I, can, I can point to specific moments in my life that ah, it looks like ah, are, it's, this is death. Say that, but thank God he said it. Oh, thank God it was said. Thank God it was said. Thank God the other people that didn't hear what was said are paying the price. We told not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Verse 14 14 Thou shalt beat him with what? And shall deliver his what? Boy, God, this hell is not hellfire. That's part two. No Lion King part two. This hell is here first. Any individual that does not enjoy correction will live in hell here. Marital hell. Financial hell. And you know what hell means anyway? Pain. Torments. Comments. When you know the hear word, <laughs> like, like they told us when I was growing up, say the guy know the hear word. That's why stubbornness is one of the greatest enemies of destiny. There are some things we think are very, very bad. Believe me, if you understand these mysteries, stubbornness wrongly channeled. It's one of the greatest enemies because the people that don't take correction, they, some are expressive, some are not expressive. The ones that are expressive, they're even better. They will tell you, I won't do it. And they will explain to you why they won't do it. They might be right, they might be wrong. But the ones that are worse are the ones that are not expressive, but inside them, they've determined what they will do. You will not be hard-hearted. No wonder he said, I will turn your heart from a heart of stone to a what? Heart of flesh. We all need it. It's an oppression of the spirit. It makes you menable. It makes you mendable. Because you can be wrong. Ah, do you know when this ministry was to start, when I left campus? I wanted to travel out. Mio. To go to Bible school again in U.S. 
a particular Bible school, I felt that was what I needed for the ministry to work fine. I, I, I was determined. It was in my heart. That was what I desired. <laughs> if I had gone at that time, you know, I won't, I won't come back. <laughs> that time, the way everything was then, you won't come back. I'll be pastoring perhaps a church in um, Alaska now or something. I remember that day, my pastor sat me down and said, ah, the very Bible school you mentioned, you should be teaching in the place. Not sitting down. You don't need it. What did God tell you to do? And go and face it now. That was what started this torture. And see now. What if I headed in the wrong direction? It wasn't that God said I should go to the U.S. It was my logical thinking, you know, so you can have a logical analysis, this is what I want to do and everything, but you can be very wrong. There have been times we've had arguments, fights, not physical fights. I don't have energy to do that fight. But arguments and, and the correction will come from a higher source. Just two, three statements, all the anger evaporates. What if you cannot be corrected? You can't stay married. The one that's painful is where correction comes from people that look like they're under you. I'm not sure God has given you the right to choose where correction should come from. Because we have so many attachments that hinder destiny. I'm not sure. I, I'm still studying. I'm not sure there's any scripture that says... Only receive correction from people above you. I'm not sure. Maybe there. I'm not sure. So we, we don't have the right to choose where correction comes from. That means it can come from your wife. It can come from your child. It can come from the pastor. But separate maybe where it's coming from and hold on to the content. That, is it true what they are even saying? Am I deceiving myself? One day, I was sharing the last meeting. The pastor said to me on the phone, that Pastor Yemi, do you know that you don't call me at all? <laughs> you only call me when I call you. And you say you are my friend. I'm your friend. And as he was saying it, I realized it. That the last two years, all the times I've called him, it was when he called me. Ah, he said he doesn't like it. He looks somehow. And then I apologized profusely. And I remember I made a decision that I would be calling these people, you know, taking the initiative. So they won't think it's pride that they have to call you first. You know, so when you are corrected, don't be a witch or a wizard to yourself. You sit down and check it. The way I'm backing all over the house. Will, will I still have a voice by the time I'm 60? You shout at the security man. You shout at the uh, uh, house help. Where are you? <laughs> Madam, I'm here. Yeah, stand there. Stand, stand, stand. <laughs> but if I continue like this, will I still be healthy at 62? And they're telling you now. You say, leave me. That's my style. No problem. There was a man like that in Ilori. It was even when he was now celebrating a goal. The heart attack took him. He just died. Express emotions too much. Ah! <laughs> you pumped it over, over pumping. <laughs> 
Proverbs 13, 24. The Holy Spirit will bring some corrections given you in the last five years to your heart this week. In Jesus' name. It will come back, you know, it will just come back as statements made by a close friend of yours. Your ex-girlfriend, the one that you broke off with, you have broken off. But there's something she has said. Your ex-guy, something they said about you that you just shoved aside. The Holy Ghost will bring them back to you. I beg you to study it. As some by your mother, some by your dad, just statements made. Investigate it. He that spared his rod does what? So the person you stop correcting, you don't really love them anymore. So you must never reach a point where people around you stop talking to you. When they know that you are stubborn, when they know, the one we said three years ago, he didn't do anything. So they just keep quiet. He said, he that spared his rod, hated his son, but he that loveth him, does what? Many times. May your case not be closed with your mentors. May your case not be closed with the people God sent to you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the, you this from my Even you know people that you are your friends. That you talk to, talk to, talk to. You too, you got to a point one day. And you said, I will not speak about this matter again. Nobody wants to be wasting his counsel. Wasting his wisdom. Making appear like they are disturbing me. Appear like uh, we are troubling you. They will leave you alone. That scripture we are reading in Proverbs, um, I think the first one we read, Proverbs um, 22.15. I think there's, a, there's a, another verse. 22.15, the next verse. 22.15, I think, okay. No, no. 22.15, 15. Sorry, there's a verse I'm looking for. That a child left to himself brings his mother shame or something. 23. 23.13. 23.13, okay, the next verse, 14. 23.13. Proverbs 23, verse 13. Thank you. It said, with all not correction from the child, for if thou be testing with the rod, he shall not. Verse 14. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and he shall deliver his soul from hell. That's another verse I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go to 15.5. Proverbs 15.5. Proverbs 15.5. So sometimes when we say correction, it doesn't have to be something negative, negative, negative. It could just be an instruction that's coming that do it like this, do it like that. Don't be stubborn and miss the blessings of God. Proverbs 15.5. Proverbs 15.5. A fool, so come and say I'm not a fool. A fool despiseth his father's what? But he that regardeth reproof is what? So when instructions come, different things come, we should, thank you, thank you, we should not toy with it. Particularly if you are struggling in that area. <laughs> you know, African man can be stubborn. This is the way I've been doing it. This is what I want to do. No problem. I hope you can see better. I hope we can, we can add some color to what you are doing. I hope a little instruction or correction can help you. Particularly if you can self-evaluate. You sit down and weigh what they are saying. That's true. This was what caused me to break up from the first lady. The same story. This is now the fourth lady. Ah, me, number one. Me, 
number two. Me, number three. This is number four. The four can have problem, but it must be me. You now sit down so that the next one will marriage. If not, it will be number five, number six, number seven. That's why people that are divorced in the U.S., many of the times, they marry again. Because the problem you run away from the first one, it shows up in the second one. If you don't deal with it, it goes to the third one. So over 67% of the second marriages ends up in divorce. Because the thing you are running away from, the attitude, the thing is still there. It's still there. Proverbs 29. We will, let's look at verse 1 of that. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 1. Are you there? Everybody in the service, can you see this verse? If you can see this verse, say amen. amen. I think we should read it together. One, two, go. That will not be any of my of our stories. He that that is when correction comes again and again and someone is not responding it often leads to sudden destruction so when we see things happen to people suddenly let's not assume that the problem also came suddenly no there have been a track record that if people tell you that I have, we've been talking about this thing for the last five years we told her not to be eating this thing we told him to stop drinking that thing no we told him we told him then there's a sudden problem or maybe maritally, somebody has been misbehaving, you know, and, so, and suddenly something happens. He that did, it had been often reproved, hardened his neck. That is the stubbornness I'm talking about. Hardened his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. You will not be destroyed. I will not be destroyed. And that, without, that, that destruction doesn't mean you will blow up. <laughs> it could be business suicide. It could be marital breakup. It could be an opportunity that you have that just closes to you. So there are things that they've been telling you about now for the last two years and you are still having reasons for doing it. You better sit down and listen. Now, if you now don't understand what they are saying, humility demands that you now sit down and say, clarify this thing for me. Because when they correct you about something twice and you are doing it the third time, you have a bad attitude. Either they shut the door on you. In fact, most of, most of them they shut. If it's a responsible organization or a team, they will shut the door on you. That we told him this thing. We told her this thing. She's still doing it. it. It means what they told you, you have better reasons. So you keep doing it. And that's what they call stubbornness. Now, let's close from semi-finally. Hebrews 12, verse 6. Hebrews 12, verse 6. If something is being spoken to you by your upline or by a mentor or by something, sit down and clarify. Don't be hard-necked and push on. It can mean the slowdown of your career. It can mean the shutting up of an opportunity. God does not work with stubborn people. Go and check him. That's why meekness is very key. Meekness. If he says, if I say, go, you go. If I say, sit down. God doesn't want wahala. Go and check scriptures. If I say you should rise up, you will rise up. Abraham was like that. Carry your son. Not too many questions, too many reactions. It doesn't work with people like that. Too many analyses leading to paralysis. And most of them are funded by natural intelligence. 
that I know, I know things. I, I, I want to help you see the difference between wisdom and school education. Meekness is uh, being docile before God. Almost like an order before the Lord. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. The Lord is my shepherd. Whatever I tell, I will do it. I will do it. Those are the kind of people that God works with. I, I wish I can take a whole day to tell you the, the, the negative fruits of stubbornness. I never believe women can, should be wearing trousers to church. I'm telling you that. I preached against it in school, secondary school. <laughs> you can't even wear it. When you hear the word. <laughs> when you hear the word. The word. <laughs> you, baby, when I met you, did I tell you to stop wearing trousers? Ask her now. A long letter. She was the FGGC on nature, Abby. on nature. I sent her a letter. The word. <laughs> You can't be close to me and you're wearing hey. Now, did, did, did Moses wear trousers? All the Jesus film you watch, did Moses wear it? So the many people just carry stubbornly. Stubbornly. So you can be religiously stubborn. So nobody should wear your ring. If you see them in heaven, remove them. If you see them in heaven, remove them. Say, you're wearing your ring, go to hell. Remove them. But when light comes, you should understand it. You can be, believe something, but when understanding comes, let all things be done decently and in order. You can wear skirt and be Jezebelic. I'm sure you know that. And you can wear trousers too and be indecent. You wear skirt, you can't sit down properly. And it's skirt too. Skirt, skirt, of which is one quarter, one quarter yard. I'll be one quarter, one quarter yard. When we go to Dubai, we don't get tempted. You just find out you're okay. No temptation. So what happened? Oh, the dressing of the people. But when you come back to your country, you have to be fighting. Satan will bind you. I reject, I reject you. I resist you. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> You will be you will be wise, amen. Man, foolishness kills. Nabal's name means foolishness, and he was as hard-hearted. The wife even knows. If you have married a foolish man, may you even know, so that you can use your wisdom to protect him. Uh, Abigail told David, "Don't mind him. Oh. His name is Nabal. His foolishness, and that is his manifestation. He doesn't know how to talk. Don't mind him. Don't mind him. Please forgive him." She knelt down and begged David. And David said, ah, you have saved your family today. Oh. Just talk anyhow. He said there are many people that run away from their God this time. Ah, that's David was talking to. He was, he was giving him a soldier, a militant in the creek with all his men. You are talking to him like that? David said, well, nobody will be standing in that family today. Some of you will be arguing with policemen on the way. Policemen. 2 p.m. Brain fried by sun from 10 a.m. In this, even you, if you stay in the sun for four hours, you will malfunction. In the sun from 10 a.m. Standing, no, no, no filler. Sorry, no cow. Black uniform again. And he 
standing for your sake. Because of your Harvard. What is it? <laughs> to a man whose brain is under horsepower. As a guy make you park. What is it? What is it? Please, I'm in the meeting. Ah, ah. If they kill you, angels will flog you again at the gate. That you are a foolish man. 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 Again, waiting. You can't do me anything. If they do you something, they will carry your case to a police station. Police kill you, they carry your case to a police station. What shall come out of the station? They will jail the police in your country, and you know your country. So wise up. When you get there, I got on our don't know. Since morning, if you have bottle water, give him. Your case is settled. <laughs> you seem sweating, standing here. Even the way they stand at times, you know there's a problem. <laughs> so, Hebrews 12. Be standing there, standing there. When I'm traveling at times, I feel for them. All those Oshobo, they'll be standing inside the sun. Standing, standing inside the sun. You can't be arguing with someone. When your guy is even stressed in the office, you can't argue with him. In the office, in SEO, boy, he's stressed. He says, you just say, shut up, shut up, shut up. Just go, 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 go. How much more in the sun? Hot sun, black uniform, black skin. <laughs> Tribal marks. <laughs> for whom the Lord. <laughs> and then before they ask you money, give. If I prepare for them, 100 naira, 200 naira. Before they ask, or government, are you going to take water? Are well done, sir. It doesn't mean you should not carry your documents. Oh. Uh-huh. Document, but serve them too. Simple. Not arguing. Say, don't put on your, on, your, on your car. Lawyer, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. If they shoot, they say they saw some things in your car. They will plant it there. They carry your case to their fellow colleagues in the station. You say your own story. You say it's a lie. Nigerians are lying nowadays. When we stopped the car, we saw this white powder. I even thought it was a lubo that was in it. I thought it was yam flour. When we tasted it, it was cocaine. I said, we said, yeah. And as we told him, he tried to move. We just shot. And then he died. For whom the Lord loved, he does what? And scourged every son whom he received. Seven. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with what? For what son is he whom his father corrected not or chasteneth not? Eight. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye what? Bastards and not sons. Nine. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. That means he's talking about correction. And we gave them what? Uh-huh. I hope so. <laughs> Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? Ten. For they, that's our natural fathers, verily for a few days corrected us after their own pleasure, but he for our what? That means correction is to profit destiny. That we might be partakers of his holiness. 11. Now, no correction or chastening for the present seemed to be what? That's why I said it's often bitter. You will feel it. 
At times half a day you are down. But grievous. Nevertheless. Afterward. It yielded the peaceable fruits. Righteousness. Unto them which are what? Your life will be shaped. Your life will be built. No pain. No gain. Finally. I saw a parable by Jesus. I want to close with that. There are people you instruct. There are people you correct. And they are very quick to say, I'm sorry. Oh, forgive me. And there are some that even looks like they didn't hear what you said, but they take steps. I realized that, you know, I read, I'm, I'm reading a book by, um, what's that man's name? Um, James, James Dobson. About what I should have known before I got married. Huh? Gary Chapman. He said, confession is admitting that you did something wrong or you didn't do something you should have done. But repentance is taking steps. There are two different things. There are two what? Different things. You can admit, but not change. They can teach you about apology and then you are, you are very quick to say, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, you know. Fine, it's a start. But the real blessing is in what they call repentance. Meaning, you make action steps. You need to get this because it was the breakthrough of the prodigal son. Part one is, ah, I shouldn't be here. Why am I behaving like this? Anybody can do that now. Anybody can be remorseful. But many don't do anything. That prodigal son can be, you know, people, people tell people that, ah, my father was a very rich man, but we made one mistake. That's why we're here. He can be telling the colleagues in that place that, ah, I was a prince, so I made a mistake. I left my father's house, you know. He can be saying that. That's admittance. But he's still there. But the guy admitted and repented. In, 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 in repentance in Yoruba parlance is what? Ironu. Ironu pi. Iwada. That means, oh, help me, Jesus here. Ironu Iwada. What is the Ironu there? That is the admittance part. That is the realization. The Iwada means, oh, I will arise and go back. He took a step and he was restored because when we talk about correction like this, people now take it and do it halfway. Anytime they are corrected, I'm sorry, sir. Oh, some people tell you it will never happen again. Maybe you should concentrate more on the processes of not happening again than just talking. I'm, I'm begging you. I'll close with that story. I, I think it's in Matthew. Matthew. Somewhere in Matthew. Uh, let me. Matthew. Matthew 21, verse 28. Matthew 21. This is the reason why some individuals that you think will be great are not great. Hello? And some people that you think will not be great, they don't look great, are walking in greatness. Because somebody is doing too much talking, another one is cuckoo taking steps. What? But what think ye? Are you there? A certain man had how many sons? And he came to the first 
and said, Son, go walk today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, What did he say? What did he say? Praise the Lord. What did he say? But afterward, he, he, and, next verse. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I will go, sir. Can you see, sir, there? I will go, sir. I'm already there, sir. Where are you now? At the bus stop. Is a lie, I will go, sir. I will go, sir. And went not. Empty barriers make the loudest noise. Concentrate on doing this covenant. You will never regret it. When I teach you giving, I give. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm crazy at giving. And it's working for me. You know, these two chairs on the stage was one of our best chairs in our house before. These two chairs. It's like husband and wife. Can you see royalty on it? King and queen. We, 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 when we were counseling people in the, in the living room, I would see, as we would see, it's like, this is the palace. So we were doing the program. We brought it to church. And after the program, the space was empty in the house. It was looking a bit awkward. So I called that they should finish the program. We should bring it back. God said, if you take it back, you will remain where you are. But if you leave it, I will bless you. So I left it. We moved to another place, and somebody called us about a particular chair, set of chairs uh, that they wanted to do clearance sales. Clearance sales, you know. Says, Pastor, is very good. I said, leave me alone. He says, very good. Just make a deposit of this amount. And then we just grudgingly just paid for it. And then on and on, the set of chairs came. It was just some weeks ago, I was now comparing this one to that one. That one, the, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but it's very good. Almost each of the chairs can recline. Each, not just one, everything can recline. It's leather. And then you have, you control with buttons. You, you need to sit on that chair. <laughs> I'm telling you because, you know, God does not use people. He raises people. When we were changing these drapes last year, my family paid for it. Am I lying? The money was not on ground at that time. I had this little allowance. I said they should use it for it. Am I lying? Uh-huh. So when you see things, don't just think things. I am crazy at giving. I had a story from my pastor. A young girl was in part three. When he had my pastor's message, he said he now knew that the secret of this man is to be crazy about God's kingdom. So when she went to serve, uh, Alawi, I think the first one, the church she was attending the village, she painted it with her money. And as she was painting, she said, Lord, paint my life too. So when she finished NYSE, she did not seek job for one day. Job started coming to her. Ah, she was working, God was blessing her. She stepped out and started her own business. Now she stood and said, the turnover now is billions. You see, so when you, I had it. So anytime there's something to be done and the money's with me, I put it. It's an investment. But somebody will talk. We're going to do this thing. Yes. We, and they don't give anything. You will bam there. <laughs> what's that in English? It's an Igbo pastor. What, what, what's it mean? You meet it there. You meet it there. So, we understand each other. <laughs> Go back to that verse. 
That first guy said, I will not go. He appeared like a rebellious son. But he repented and went. The other one appeared like a lawyer's son. I will go, sir. I'm already there. I'm at the bus stop. I've not the door. And he didn't do anything. Next verse. Whether of, the, of them twain did the will of his father, they said unto him the first thing. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlot. So the people you think won't be great in the church, you that you look like you are active, you are a minister, if you don't do what is being taught, others will prosper, you will be looking. Be looking. Say, publicans and harlots going to the kingdom of God before you. It's a look person like another member, but the little they are teaching him or her is applying it. And then the thing begins to show up. Do you know what? This parable taught me a lot. This parable taught me a lot. That talk is cheap. He said, I go, sir. Evil pool, sir. Courtesy. So you practice courtesy. I go, sir. No problem. But make sure you go. So when we say correction, at the, at the, at the very root of it is action steps. You are there today and doing that tomorrow. If not, the fruits will not show. I hope I've blessed you today with this word. Rise up on your feet, everybody. So when I say some people are stubborn and they are, they are not expressive, it's like that guy. We don't know why he didn't go, but must have a reason why he didn't go. And yet he said I would go, but he didn't go at the end of the day. So it's not talking. That may... I'm not saying when they ask you something, you first say, I'm not doing. Because some people don't. That's why we pray for wisdom in church. Some people will say, Are you going for a friendship center? I'm not going, sir. <laughs> Are you going to give for the project? I will not give. I will not give. I will not give. Or you're not going to give. I'm not saying, did you get the principle? Yes, sir. Eh? The principle is who, say, who did the will of his father? Not who said the will of his father. Who did? Either heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Is the same that we build this house on a rock. So there's something about doing. When you hear covenant things, tithing. If you don't tithe, your own life will be tight. It's not everybody's life. It's your own life. Others that are doing it will enjoy God's blessings. If they say forgive, let go, and you are still having reasons why you cannot forgive, God will bring reasons why your own case cannot be open. Go and study scriptures. He said, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. It's an equation. So if you like be keeping somebody in your heart, how can my mother forsake me by two when I was two? How can? What kind of mother is that? Two, two years. If not that she dropped me in the village, see my life now. What if she had aborted yourself? Maybe that's what you even want. That she should abort you. Now that she kept for nine months and now God has helped you, then build a better life. Two years. If I see her today, I will shoot her. What kind of mother is that? Motherhood, motherhood, my foot. Two years just dropped me. Eh? If she didn't want to even have me, she would have told me, no, thank God for life. I had a story. They stole my pastor's car many years ago. They stole his car. They made God and somebody connived and stole the car. 
So when they were telling him the story, they were scared. How will he react? <laughs> he said, he just said, hope the, if I was asking after the Megad, I hope the Megad was okay when they came. Ah, they said the Megad was with them. Ah, say bless them. He said, that went to God and said, ah, that I have something they can steal. I thank you. That's a big thing. No? He said, because he knows that there are some cars, when they open the door and the engine and put it on the highway, nobody will steal it. Do you know that? There are some things that, even if they leave it on the way, nobody will steal it. He said that I have something stealable. He said, mentality. Mentality. You are complaining that they stole your TV. The plan was to steal you. Say, Father, where were you when they stole my TV? He was in heaven. He was alive. Some people, when they accuse God, if I don't marry by August ending, that's not prayer, that's a threat. <laughs> Father, I've been saying this thing since it's like you're not hearing me. If by August ending, I don't marry, don't blame me for whatever I do. When you're on that frequency, Satan will send you people. And you don't see Orishirishi, go ahead and marry them. After you have suffered, you will come and meet him. Help me. Help me. The clay cannot be fighting with the potter. It's foolish fight. You better be manable so the potter can craft what he likes. What is beautiful. When the clay is stubborn, they start throwing you aside. Lift your hands. Let's give him thanks to them. Give him thanks for life. Give him thanks for the wisdom that you have received. Give him thanks because your future is greater than your past. Bless this God. Bless this God. Thank him for the sacrifice on the cross. What is the lamb that was slain to receive power, to receive riches, to receive wisdom, oh, to receive honor, to receive strength. You are blessed in Christ. So thank him. Lift Jesus' name up and answer Jesus. You are all Jesus. I celebrate you. Who am I to worship you? Who am I? Who am I? It was your blood, your sacrifice that made a difference in me. for Jesus is making a difference that means what parents did not give you what your nation did not give you Jesus, Jesus has given you he said who am I to worship you who am I, who am I it's your sacrifice that makes the difference in me Himela, thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord can you thank him this morning?
of wisdom upon this assembly. Out of this assembly, giants will rise. Geniuses will rise. People that will be like Joseph, like Daniel, like Esther. When Mordecai told her, you can't afford to take this stand. And she returned and said, okay, I will put my life on the line. That is receiving that correction. And she said, go on fast. Go on fast and I will fast. If I perish, I perish. But Lord, she never perished. Because correction breeds life. I pray, Lord, that Esther's will rise in this assembly. Joseph's will rise in this assembly. Daniel's will rise in this assembly. People that will be great and that will remain humble. People that greatness will not destroy their lives. But rather, build better generations. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like us to get seated. I, I want to pray for those who are not saved. The reason why we have to do that is because that's the foundation. All the blessings of Jesus Christ only comes to those who have been saved. All heads bowed quickly. I know God brought you here for a reason. You didn't come here by accident. If you're in this service today, uh, I think 17th of July, and you are not saved, or you want to rededicate your heart to him, to him, coming to church is great, but meeting Jesus is the ultimate He's the one that builds. So wherever you are in this service and you are not saved or you want to rededicate your heart to Jesus Christ, the owner of this church, rise, I mean, raise up your right hand. Just raise up your right hand and we will pray with you. Raise up your right hand and we will pray with... I can see your hands already. God bless you, sirs. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. None of us will live a foolish life. God bless you. Only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Why are the ushers out here, please? There are two individuals here. Ushers, please. Usher, you should spot on that, please. God bless you. I can see your hands. God bless you. There are two hands there. There are other hands there. God bless you. If you want to join them, put up your right hand. We'll pray with you where you are. You're making a destiny decision. And let's do that swiftly. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Now, put the other hand on your chest. Thank you, sir. Say, Father, I, I, I thank you for life. I've had a life-changing experience today. Jesus, I agree that you paid the price for my justification. You paid the price for my salvation so jesus come into my heart come in today come in to stay you are the lord of my life you are the savior of my soul i renounce satan i renounce the works of darkness i choose to start afresh jesus help me to start afresh let your life in me change me from inside out and let me walk in my inheritance in you in the name of jesus christ amen let me pray with you lord thank you for these precious ones the power of darkness is broken over their lives today they have a brand new day a brand new life jesus let your peace let your righteousness let your love take over from their inside and let the holy spirit strengthen them never to go back into darkness in the name of Jesus Christ through them generations will be blessed through them multitudes will find the light in Jesus mighty name amen praise the Lord the ushers will give you a card uh, we would love you to fill it well uh, for two major reasons our prayer team would love to pray with you pray effectively with you 
and then also um, invite you for membership classes where you can be grounded and follow up on the decisions you have made. You will never return to darkness. And all the blessings that we have shared today will be your true manifestations. Your own children will rise and call you blessed. Your generation will rise and call you blessed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's